It's the end of the workday and I feel myself wanting to be pulled into doing just one more thing. The spreadsheets are open, the reports are calling, the house and the work to-do list are both front and center. Just one more thing. If I just do this one more thing, I'll save time later, I say to myself. So there I am, well past 5 p.m., struggling with bringing an end to my workday and transitioning well into being present at home. Research suggests that 57% of workers have a hard time turning off the workday, especially those working from home. Maybe you've had the same struggle. Maybe you've felt more guilt than grace as you transition away from your own workday. As a leader, when you hear a metric like that, you may start to really focus on that 57%. You feel compelled to brainstorm strategies and solutions on how to support your team. You might even get caught up in the worry about being one of the 57%. And then you start fixating on how to fix yourself. As I wrestle with my own need to end the workday, I have a thought that stops me right in my tracks. What are the 43% doing? If you've followed me here or worked with me at any point, you know that I love talking about reframing, flipping the problem, and digging for gold. At first, when you think of that 43%, you might feel pulled to judgment. Maybe it's because they don't have enough to do or enough responsibility. They don't really know how much there is to do or they aren't as dedicated as you are. But what if that's not true? What if there's more to discover in that 43%? to understand how they transition with less guilt and more grace as they end the workday, how they turn off the emails and the IMs and tune into their family or tune into themselves. How do they make peace with the to-do list and set an intention to start fresh the next day? And what about flipping it for you? Take a moment right now to think about all the ways that you've been able to transition with less guilt and more grace as you end the workday. What works for you? What do you want? It's worth it to explore the good, to flip those problems into possibilities, and to dig for gold. You deserve to release the guilt and end the workday with grace. This is all about triggering the PEA. Leading wholeheartedly and living intentionally means that you use your life-giving stories, the ways that you've shown up well, that you've learned how to uncover your strengths and tap your ideal self. And we're focusing this week on giving yourself a heavy dose of the PEA. That's the positive emotional attractor. The PEA triggers positive emotions like hope, mindfulness, compassion, and playfulness. While the NEA, the negative emotional attractor, triggers negative emotions like fear, anxiety, shame, and guilt. While we need the NEA to face our challenges and survive... We need the PEA to maintain openness to new ideas, to see possibilities, and ultimately to thrive. It's going back to that idea of instead of seeing the 57% that's wrong, we explore the 43% of what's going well, what's working, or what's good. If we want to get clear on goals that lead to sustainable results, we want thriving. And because NEA is so much stronger, largely due to the constant pressures that add up in a day, not being able to shut it off, this means we need to activate the PEA at least three times more than the NEA to combat the effects of negative experiences. That's at least three times more. For some people, it could be a little more, and for others, it could be a little less. 
To create opportunities for you to engage the PEA, this week we're going to use our life-giving stories to focus on recognizing core values and give more attention to strengths rather than weaknesses. Because we're trained from the time we're young to solve problems and we gravitate toward fixing weaknesses more than focusing on strengths, consider this an opportunity to give your heart and your mind a mini vacation. It's the kind of vacation where you feel alive, rejuvenated, and full of hope. So this week, you'll get out your journal or even better, book a coffee date or a Zoom call with a friend or a trusted confidant or colleague and work through questions that bring out your strengths that make you feel alive. Some of the ways to tap your life-giving stories and to tap your ideal self is to uncover your values and your strengths through high point experiences. Some of the ways you can do that are by recalling some times that you have felt amazing, that you really were thriving, that you felt alive, you were doing a great job at something, or you felt contentment and joy. What were you doing? What made it joyful? What did you appreciate about the people that you were working and serving with? What was it about you that contributed to that joyful experience? Stay with me for the next few weeks as we continue to explore your strengths. Every week, I'll share ways that you can connect to your own values and strengths so that you can develop a positive, affirming, and clear way to design your goals and your path forward. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Research. La la la. Why can't I say the word research now? <laughs>